Market. The S&P, the ISX stocks. This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the very special podcast that we bring you every single week and normally at least once a week. I am, as always, Scott Phillips and I am, at least as always recently, still on annual leave, but... We are back. I'm with Andrew Page, the co-founder, or the co- the founder of the co-founder, the founder, the man himself, the straw man. Andrew Page, how are you, buddy? I'm very good, Mr. Phillips. Yourself? I'm very well, thank you, sir. I can't complain at all. Um, hopefully, I'm still on holiday somewhere, as I said, or the car's in the back of a flatbed, and I'm actually at home having pre-recorded these, but let's assume it's the, the former, not the latter. Mate, mm-hmm. um, thank you for making the time, by the way. Andrew's gone out of his way, fools, to, to record this early for us so you guys can have some great content while I'm away three weeks worth of it which is not nothing because we had to record the regular podcast as well as the the future ones so we kind of jammed what five weeks recording in a two mate which is a a heck of an effort so mate thank you very much for for making the time and taking the time um and as a reward tell us what straw man is so straw man is a (laughs) investment club (laughs) i've run run out of different ways of describing it we yeah, finally it, hit that mark. Well done. Well done. <laughs> we're an investment club. Like, I, I, it's really tempting. In the past, I've always sort of said, oh, we're a social platform. It's kind of a bit of a cachet that's with that these days. Oh, but yeah. We're, we're not. We're, 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 we're basically the same as what used to happen around a kitchen table with a group of friends or family, you know, just people sharing ideas and leveraging off the insights of a, an engaged community of, 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 uh, of experienced investors. That, that's what it's all about. Sharing your ideas, you finding go. new ones, and hopefully getting a better, better return along the way nicely done mate nicely done look i am due back at work in only a few short days but we are pre-recording this one we thought as we have been over the last three weeks we'd spend a bit of time talking about something that's a bit more evergreen in nature a bit more kind of general and and hopefully useful this is one mate where look i i I have i have mixed thoughts about this episode we're going to do our best and worst investments and i've got to say on one hand, as you said to me before the before we started recording, you know, having something aspirational, you know, something else that, that our listeners can achieve, or or some example of what investing can do for you, super, super, super valuable. On the other hand, I really, really, really don't like doing the victory lap thing. So I will say, really, right up front, you know, this is this is hopefully educational. We'll try and not just not just brag about our our winners and commiserate about our losers. We'll try and draw the lessons out from them specifically as to what made them good or what might. Uh, we might learn from them either ourselves or, or you might learn from them but i really want at least at least on my behalf you can have as many victory laps as you want mate but i just i just want to put up front i feel really i'm happily doing it but i it's one of those oh you know what, i'm really not taking a victory lap on this one this is not about us uh, saying how great we are when, when it comes to our winners or or trying to pretend that, it, that they're all like that it's just a, it's just a, a way of telling a story that hopefully has some lessons for for our listeners not just made up theory not just the coulda shoulda woulda stuff but hey here's what we did here's what happened Here's what here's what we've learned from it, and here's how you can learn from our mistakes and successes along the way. Is that is that a fair way to kind of categorize it? Yeah, I, I do. I'm a little bit uncomfortable doing it because, as a general rule, particularly on things like Twitter or whatever, I just there's an instant red flag oh, whenever God. you have people who just talk about how great they are, and just it feels it feels like a pride before fall moment as totally. as well. Um, for me, the, what I'm really interested about this episode is talking about all the duds. And yeah, as people yeah. will see, there's no shortage of bad investments <laughs> right. that, that I have made. But, you know, my, my estimation of a person, mm. of an investor, goes up immeasurably when yeah. they talk about their failures. 
Um, yeah, because we all have fun. them. I don't care who you are. You can be Buffett or anyone. I mean, everyone's yeah, got yeah, them. Yeah. So, so those that I, I think it's I think they're the more interesting lessons. So I'm keen to sort of emphasize that part and. Yeah, yep. hope, ha- yep, happy to sort. The, the other thing I'll say too about the so there's there's been some nice ones. There's been some nice investments in there, but <laughs> it, it's 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 also true to say too that they things always look easier or more straightforward or more obvious in hindsight. <laughs> That's right. Do, yeah, do you know sure. what I mean? So it's sort Absolutely. of like, oh, look, I bought X, Y, Z at this. And you know, like, yeah. now, if you had gone and interviewed me yeah, at that yeah. point in time, I would have been, well, I like this. I think it's got a bit of upside potential. And just being a human being, I, I do catch myself <laughs> every now and again mm-hmm. talking to mates going, oh, this was a cracker. I told you to get this one. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it, it wasn't that obvious at the time. Yeah, and they never yeah. are obvious at the time. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. It, there's, there's, there's alternate histories as well. There's a parallel universes out there where mm-hmm. those one or two things that went right didn't go right. And the same process, the same, the same uh, approach actually yielded a very, very different outcome. So I'm really, I'm really mindful of all that stuff. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully we, can, um, we can draw some value out of, of talking about this. I like that. All right, mate, let's, let's, do, let's do a level best. And try and do exactly that as we, as we delve into this uh, murky old market. As I said, we're, we're, you know, I just, I'm just, I just, honestly, I, to your point, I agree. I, like, when anyone talks about stocks in general on Twitter, they own in particular, or as you say, that track record, I'm like, oh, it's just, it just immediately, it's a massive red flag for me. So yeah, we won't do yeah. too, I mean, you know, the other thing I want to say, though, all of that said, is you and I both have market beating performances personally and professionally. And so why do I say that? I say that to put the other best and best and worst in a context, right? So we'll talk plenty about our duds. We'll talk a bit about our winners. Um, but we're also talking from a position of expertise, right? Of, of, um, of, of having had some success. And hopefully, again, that's important, right? Because if, if I talk about winners and losers and I'm still a losing investor, that's not quite so useful uh, as, as winners and losers. We've actually done okay. So we are both benchmark beating, which is, which is important and, and a positive. Um, mate, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you go first. Oh, can I, with a winner or a loser? Uh, let's. I'll go with a loser first of all. Oh, but can okay. I also make the point oh, yeah, before please. we get into it that really, yeah. at the en- at the end of the day, your success or otherwise as an investor is not defined by your best or your worst performer. It is yes, defined right. by That's, by the yeah. average. Yeah. So it is. It is always going. No, you, you will always have a mix of winners and losers. And so there's yep. good on you if you've got a 10x return on something. But if your overall return is under the market average, well, you know, have you, have you really been successful? So yeah. you yeah, you, you need to. It, it's how this adds up overall yep. because what you're yep. really managing here is a portfolio. You know, it's not. It's not really what matters is not individual positions. It's the mm-hmm. it's the mm-hmm. whole that that really counts here. So that's that's an important point to like make. It. So. That out of the way, and here, oh, here's, here's a, sorry, one, one more, one more bit of context here. So we, I had a, uh, we had a brief chat before doing this, and there's actually two ways to look at your best and worst. One is through the percentage returns, and the other is through the dollar returns, and they're not always the same. And this has like been it. a big like re- regret of mine as well. So the the uh, some of the the best returns I've made haven't been the ones that I've made the most money on. Right. And, and yeah, what I what I mean by that is is I've had some some like in percentage terms mm-hmm. which have just been outstanding, but just didn't move the dial overall because I just put a very small amount of money towards it. Right. And I've had others that might have only been up only 40 percent, but I actually had a very substantial position in that, so it actually made mm-hmm. me a lot more money. So there's another little thing as as well just to keep in mind. 
Um, but let's let's talk about the worst performer, um, and okay. let's talk ab- about. And, and I, I should say too, I'm using um, a platform, not no affiliation, not trying to plug it, but I use a platform called ShareSite, which which mm-hmm. tracks all of this for me. It just makes my tax super easy, and <laughs> and all the rest of it. Yeah. And what this what these guys do is they they use what's called a money weighted return. Mm-hmm. So you know, I might have a uh, shareholding in in a particular company, but I may have bought and sold that multiple times over the last mm-hmm. few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also need to annualize that as well. So there's no point getting a hundred percent return if it took you a thousand years to make it. As an extreme <laughs> example, so. Right. So the, yeah, the figures yeah. I'll, I'll quote here are in terms of what, and just Google it, you'll, you'll get the, the proper <laughs> definition if you want the formula, yeah. but it's called a money-weighted yeah. return, which adjusts for all the ins and outs and, for the, and, and, and also annualizes it. So with all of that out of the way, the worst investment I ever made was a little company <laughs> called Urbanize. Now, Urbanize- Urbanize- that, I think. Yeah, I think it's back when I was working with The Fool, actually. Um, it, it ticked a lot of boxes. These guys, do, it's, it's a SaaS business. These guys mm-hmm. do software to help uh, strata managers and property managers, property owners um, handle all of the kind of stuff that goes with that uh, electronically mm-hmm. on this platform. Now, is there a need for this? Absolutely. Is it in an industry <laughs> that's growing really rapidly? You bet it is. Does it possess all of the, in theory, characteristics that you want from a nice SaaS business? Huge amounts of operating leverage, fat gross margins, long mm-hmm. runway for growth, yada, 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 all of that kind of stuff. I lost 61.23% according to ShareSite on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, over my, I, 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 I didn't do well at all. And what this was, and the lesson here, I suppose, was that they just didn't execute well. So it was a business Mm. that although it had some nice top line growth, none of it really ever translated into bottom line growth. So we're talking about the difference between sales and revenue and and actual profit and cash flows that come out the back of it. So. They would be they would they would be selling more each year for a time. I haven't looked at it for a years. I, a few years. I should go back and, and check it out. But mm-hmm. but they were also throwing huge amounts of money at this as well. So it was just burning all of this cash. <laughs> so it it looked good at a high level, but it just mm-hmm. was not executed well. And they're in a lot of funny. Well, I shouldn't say that's not the right word for it. But they're in sort of these sort of niche markets. Like they had a presence in Africa, and you know it was just it it. In hindsight, was a very um, bad judge. Where I where mm-hmm. I'm proud of that, I is in the sense that it could have been a lot worse than a sixty one percent. You know, yeah, right? You know, yeah. the, the, yeah, old, yeah, the old the yeah. old the old uh, saying is something like you know <laughs> a stock that's down ninety percent is a stock that was down eighty percent and then halved. And then halved. Um, yeah, it's great. I love that line. I, I love that because you tend to think, oh well, I'm down eighty percent. How worse can it get? You know, right? well <laughs> you can lose a hundred percent from there, right? Correct, correct. Um, yeah, yeah. And and so so where as 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 where I was sort of happy with that is that once it was shown that look these guys just aren't executing even if they do turn, mm-hmm. we know that turnarounds seldom turn um, but we, even if they do turn around it's usually a mm-hmm. long and arduous mm-hmm. and difficult process so mm-hmm. I, I took the right decision and sold not because the share price wasn't going in my favour but because the thesis was not was not playing out as I had anticipated so I took it on the chin got out and it was a good decision because then I still had 40% of my money left over <laughs> yeah. to, to put somewhere else Live to fight another day. Exactly. I like it. Yep. I like it. Yep. Very good. What about you? I'm going to go to one one of my earliest big complete screw-ups. And I, I have to say, I don't even really know. Um, I, I don't, I, long, long, long. Really early days of investing. 
And it's a business that um, I bought and sold for both the wrong reasons. Just a complete, complete disaster. It was Credit Corp. And Credit Corp, I bought on the back of a tip from somebody. I'm not going to mention who it is because I don't want to, I don't want to uh, either give them credit or the blame. Uh, and I saw it. I was like, okay, that person. And it was someone I, I you know, admired and trusted and thought was going to give me a good tip. So, okay, great. So I, I buy, buy that. Yep, buy Credit Corp. Okay, so I bought in. The shares then fell, if you can believe it, about 85%. Ouch. And I'm like, oh, I was such an idiot. I was such an idiot. Okay, I'll sell the shares. That was dumb. I sold the shares. What do you reckon happened next, mate? <laughs> shot up a million percent uh-huh yeah it did yep. so i <laughs> i've literally not only made one mistake that cost me a lot of money but made two mistakes that cost me phenomenally larger amounts of money by getting both of them wrong at the same time and this was one of those scenarios where and look i don't even really blame myself for the second mistake it, other than it compounded the first one for the same reasons and that mm. was mm. i made both trades without really understanding the business Mm. So the first thing was I bought Credit Corp because someone said, hey, good business, going to do really well, buy the shares. I went, oh, okay, fair enough, I'll do that. So I didn't really do my research. When things went badly, I wasn't prepared for them to go badly and I really didn't know what I thought I was buying or why, whether I should buy or sell or hold. And so I made at that point, in theory, what seems like the right decision. If you don't know what you hold, get rid of it because you had no reason holding it in the first place. That's mm. fair. If I had I done the research at that point after the fall, I might have also learned the lesson earlier and actually rather than just selling for the sake of it, the lesson should have been actually do the research before you trade at all. So yes, I own the shares. Okay, I've got them now. Now there is endowment effect, but I could have at least done the whole, all right, I've lost a lot of money. Let me at least work out what they're worth holding. I didn't do that. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I, didn't buy, I shouldn't have bought them. I'll sell them anyway. And again, doubled up the problem because they then shot back through the roof. I, I can't imagine. You know, ironically, I wouldn't be up, I mean, I'd be up a lot by now. Uh, even even more on the on the the price that had fallen to, of course. But it was just one of those. It was one of those really important lessons where knowing what you hold and why you hold it is really, really, really important. Because when bad news strikes, if you don't have sufficient conviction in the idea, you are going to get taken to the woodshed because you're going to get scared out of that particular position. And in this case, it was just like, hey, it's down a lot. Oh my goodness, I'm an idiot. I shouldn't have listened. I'll just sell. And it was just it was just dumb, right? It was I didn't buy for the right reasons. I didn't sell for the right reasons. Um, yeah. It just it was just a complete complete debacle. But one of those things I'm really really glad you talk about percentage and, and dollar value. Thank goodness it was a small amount of money because I was it was really really early in my investing career, and it's one of those businesses that I went, you know what? Thank goodness I'm out. That's good. Let's move on. And yeah. it was a great, you know, the, the value of that lesson in dollars is worth so much more than the money I lost because I've been able to incorporate that in my investing moving forward. You've touched on something there too that I, I want to highlight, which is this idea that you can borrow an idea, but you can't borrow the conviction. And yeah, as someone good. who runs a, a, a newsletter service, you know this better than anyone, is that <laughs> when you make a good tip to your subscribers, you know, you don't really get much credit because like, well, dude, I was paying you for good ideas. That's what I expected. And anyway, it was <laughs> That's right. It was my genius that decided to actually physically buy it. But when it goes bad, it's it's all your 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 fault. Mm. So it's just, you know, it's human nature. It comes with the territory, I'm not complaining. But but it's really it's really important to to remember that no one cares more about your money than you. Even with the best intentions, I love this. I love the saying, "All care, no responsibility." As well, <laughs> yeah. you know, it sounds a yeah. little bit harsh, and it's like I do really yeah. care. I really really want to make sure that I'm, I'm getting some really good <laughs> recommendations right. out there. But yeah. it's on you. You're yeah. the one who's making the decision yeah. here, and and. And so I think things like the Motley Fool or any kind of mm, so, mm, stra mm. straw man like that, I think they are brilliant for idea yeah. generation. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. but but 
the ball has been passed. You need to make a judgment on whether you agree. And and you really, yeah, you should be knocking yeah. back plenty of ideas that Scott Phillips is recommending. They're not right for me. I disagree. Knock it back. Yep. You know, and, yep. and same, yep. same, sure. same, same, same for me. Um, it, it, it's it's just the, the the nature of general advice. And and more to the point is that even we'll talk about some of the really great winners in, in a moment. Even those great winners don't, in fact, more often than not, mm, don't mm, work mm. out immediately. So they you sort of yeah. buy it and they'll be down for a little bit or they'll just stagnate mm-hmm. for a year or two. And then they become this brilliant investment that you're sort of mm, happy mm. to talk about all, all, all of the time. But it's just like it's only the people with conviction that will see that through, that will – mm recognize the difference between you know share price volatility and and fundamental change in in the nature mm, of the investment mm, so mm, it, it I, I know this sounds really harsh but I, I really it's a point I really 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 want to emphasize here is that you know if you're if you've decided that you're a stock picker and you're a self-directed investor you yep, you can yep. borrow ideas but you've got to only you can build conviction and and you need to work at that because conviction is the one thing that mm, ensures mm. that you do hold through volatility yeah, that's right anyone who's made a 10x return Turn yep. on a stock has has yep, it's yep, never yep. been a straight line, right? And it's never yep. been an immediate return, and they've mm-hmm. gotten that because they've had the conviction to, to hold through. So anyway, point point made. Let's do a win. Uh, Go Let, on. Let's do a win. Um, oh, good, good. The 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 best percentage return I've ever made <laughs> is Pointera. Um, now this is probably Pointera, more okay. better known today than than it was when I first bought it. So the code is three DP. These guys. Um, store geospatial data so you know when you have these laser scanners you put it somewhere it just like sends a gazillion points of light out and just mm-hmm. get, provides a 3d map of the environment so surveyors mm-hmm. site managers building operators they use this kind of stuff all of the time but traditionally mm-hmm. it's these they, they are terabytes worth of data here really really cumbersome mm-hmm. to work with mm-hmm. and they basically just put it all on the cloud in this really efficient efficient kind of way and mm-hmm. um i so i thought that there was a, a huge uh, potential with this technology, um, and and um, it was also it also had a lot of the characteristics I like: hyperscalable, uh, first mover advantage in a rapidly growing market, really mm-hmm. great product, founder led business. Tick 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 tick. So back in twenty fifth of June, according to my records here, uh, <laughs> in twenty nineteen, um, I, I bought a bunch of shares at four point two cents. Now today shares, uh, what are shares today? Today's shares are $0.52. Wow. They got as high as $0.80 uh, at at one stage. However, so an 810% Mm, compound money-weighted return, really nice. Um, Mm, mm. But a couple couple lessons here. Um, It didn't really take off until last year or so. So there was a a long period of time. In fact, let me have a look here. It was close to 15 months or something where Mm -hmm. shares didn't do anything. Actually, that's not true. Not only... They, they did something. They went down. It went from like four point two. I think it down to below three cents at one stage. So on a percentage basis, I'm sitting on a twenty five percent loss here on this. Um, but That's because just yeah. to the earlier point, I had it. What was interesting was it was tiny little micro cap stock. No one paid any attention to it. Although the share price wasn't doing anything, every time they made an announcement, there was really good news in that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and what, what the catalyst was interesting. It was actually a yeah. guy called Bevan yeah. Slattery, who a lot of people is a sort of a, a quite a successful tech investor. He's done remarkably bought, well. Bought yeah. five million dollars worth of shares, and everyone went, "Oh, Bevan likes it," and it just went up, right? <laughs> and it just exploded from there. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, okay. So one, 
quote unquote mistake was I was really early on that, but but who cares? I think Peter Lynch <laughs> talks about your your, your best returns yeah, yeah, come yeah. in the second and third year of owning a stock, so that's cool with me. I'm a long term yeah. investor. The mistake I did make on it though was I did start selling too early. I sold some mm-hmm. uh, at 14, and then I sold some at 20. And then I sold right. some at forty three. So I still hold, I still hold yeah. some. Yeah. I sold yeah. some at eighty one too. So I got that. And, and it wasn't because I was trying to take a profit. It, it wasn't because I thought the business was deteriorating. I actually think the business today is as strong as it's ever been. But it was right. purely on valuation grounds. It just got to a point where I was like, "Hey, this is a great company." I mean, I, I bought it because I thought it was cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think it was worth eighty cents? Like, no, that was just that was just silly. So I did I definitely didn't play it as well as I could have, would have, perhaps should have done it. But yeah, nice. again, this is another lesson for investors as well. Getting a really great returns is not about perfectly timing and perfectly mm, picking, mm, picking mm. the bottom and the top. It's like if you get something even half right like this, it does very well. So that's that's yeah. that's my best winner. I like it, mate. My best one is corporate travel management, believe it or not, which is right now a funny time to be saying that. And who knows what happens next, even between now and when this actually goes to air. So this is a, this is one of those, you know, uh, I hope. Uh, by the way, I'm also not going to sell a single share before I go on holidays. I had a lot of people ask me last time I went on a big, I think I went for three weeks, but so you got to sell everything first just in case. I'm like, no, I'm a long-term investor. No. I don't care. What if yeah, something happens? Like, well, something will happen, I guess. Like, you know, could be good to be bad. I have no idea. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to... Well, you, anyway, so- you still got your phone, right? So worst case scenario, you can always sell if you have to. It's not I'm like not gonna, you're I'm going to bother. the... You're not going to Mars, you know. Anyway. I'm not going to bother, mate. Anyway, yeah. So look, core travel. So anyway, done, done really, really, really well. Via, by the way, so I bought my shares, I think at three bucks or 350, maybe 350, I think. Um, shares went to almost 30 bucks. Then all the way down to five dollars during the COVID recession. Now back to just on twenty, uh, give or take. I'll check the price now just to make sure. Um, it is one of those stories where, you, to your point, mate, about you know the journey that the company's been on over that period of time, or well, the share price has been on. More to the point, um, twenty nine dollars twelve right now as we speak. Um, it's been a it's been a hell of a journey, right? And that's that's it was and remains a very large part of my portfolio, partly because. At one point, from three fifty to twenty seven or whatever, that's just about eight and a half bagger, right? So it was mm. a smallish position, but you you do eight times anything, and you're going to get a very large chunk of change in your portfolio. So I've had really, really big dollar value swings over that period of time, right? Like you think about going from three fifty to twenty seven, from twenty seven back to five, mm. you're losing. You know, at that point, you know, was it? Mm. 75% of the of the of the of the position a lot that that right <laughs> that lot, hurt yeah. that in dollar terms that hurts a lot yeah. um but it was just one of those things and this is you know it, it's it's a, exactly as you said the story so a couple of things first first is the story of that up and down has been you've got to you want to have a strong stomach even for a business that i mean who who imagines that corporate travel a little bloody travel manager gets attacked by short sellers for a while and then you know gets sucker punched by covid you can't have predicted those kind of things you kind of think, well, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's going to grow slowly or steadily or maybe quickly, hopefully. But you know, what, what's, what, what could go wrong? Well, everything from time to time, and the shares have been all over the joint. Um, now back to twenty one, as I said, and who knows where they go next? Still a buy for me, still a buy on our scorecard, by the way. So full disclosures all around. Um, I just, it, it's just one of those businesses being everywhere, and that's part of the story. The second part of the story I want to highlight was just this is a scuttlebutt business. When I bought it, it was much, much, much smaller by definition. Um, it was a business that I knew, I knew about because when I worked at a former employer, we used it to book our travel. And it was simple and it was easy. And I knew the name and I knew the service and we kind of liked using it. And it was easy for management and easy for employees to book. And so when I changed jobs and came to The Motley Fool, a couple of years later, I'm picking stocks for share advisor. I'm like, well, this is a good business. Let me have a look at that. And so 
I don't. I can't. No one can say for sure. What, you know, we, we don't. We know. We don't know our lives counterfactuals. I don't know what I would have done had I never worked for that company or, or used this piece of software while I was there. But in the event I had and I did, and, I, and it was something that maybe I, maybe I looked over it, went to corporate travel management, never heard of it, don't know it, I'll leave it alone. In the event I got lucky because I'd used it, but also the business was good, the financials were good, the the, the price at the time was good, and just one of those stories where making sure. You, you're aware of what's around you and you potentially take clues from that or cues from that, I should say. Just a, it was just a massive, massive opportunity for me and, and for our members because it was just a business I knew and I liked and was doing good things and it just worked out really, really, really nicely. And so as an investor, again, be mindful of the scuttlebutt for that one and having a stomach to, to hold on as it went from, you know, the, the cellar to the penthouse, back to the cellar, back to, well, maybe level 34 right now. Not quite the penthouse again yet, but, you know, it's just, it's been one of those rides. Uh, but it yeah. does require a stomach and you do benefit from not not when Peter Lynch says buy what you know, he's not saying buy everything you know just because you know it, but he's saying start with things you know about. That might give you an edge and a reason to look at companies more deeply. And in corporate travel's case, was a really really worthwhile winner. Yeah, I, I love that, mate. And I I think too within that as well, there are opportunities. So so let's say you saw it. What you say it went from twenty seven down to five at one stage. Yep. yep. But you still like the business. Yes. So. And when that's happened to me, and, and again, that, and I'm being honest with myself and I'm not just trying to convince myself or try to avoid <laughs> acknowledging a mistake. Yeah. yeah. That, isn't that, for someone who's a long-term investor, isn't that what you want to see? So yeah. I would love for Point Terry to get back to four cents with, at the, <laughs> yeah, right. at this important caveat, at the same <laughs> yeah, time yeah. with there to be no deterioration in the fundamental exactly. or opportunity exactly. of, of the business. Like, yeah, my yeah. portfolio will look really sick, um, but yeah. but yeah. wow, you mean I get another opportunity to 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 buy shares at a discounted mm. price? I, mm. I, I think mm. I think yeah, knowing the business, having an idea of value, and being mm. sanguine mm. towards that volatility and opportunity opportunistic towards that volatility can be a huge yeah. thing. So. Yeah, well done, mate. That's that's a now, lovely return. I will say, by the way, though, uh, it it you know it wasn't it wasn't risk free. It wasn't stress free. And by the way, the rest of the market hated it. You know, the whole every travel company is going to die. <laughs> thing was going around like you know it was yeah, it hard. wasn't just like oh the shares fell. They still like the business. It wasn't like the market the share price fell for no reason. Mm. Like COVID happened, all this actual travel was off. All domestic travel for a while was off. Mm. Uh, maybe maybe it had to raise capital. Maybe it goes broke. Maybe COVID goes forever. These were times when the you know it was it was far from absolute certain. So when you say I had the same conviction, I kind of did um, because they were well run. The balance sheet was in good shape. Um, you know, I, I had a level of conviction, but mm. it wasn't it wasn't by any stretch a guarantee. It was it was still very I won't say very risky, but it still had risk, right? And that was part of the story of making sure that you know I knew what I was buying. What I owned. I didn't buy anymore during that period of time, by, by the way. Which mm. hindsight says, oh man, you could have got a five bagger or doing a four bagger, possibly, yeah. But at the time, there was no certainty it wasn't going to get worse. And so holding was its own version of you know, um, yeah. t- taking as much risk as I was comfortable with because it didn't look cheap, yeah, but if it had raised capital and doubled the share count, mm. then it'd be back to $10 now, not $20 for a start. And then it kind of goes from there. So you do have yeah. to still be just mindful of what can happen next. But as you say, having the conviction to hold was really, really, really important during that period of time. Yeah, nice one, man. Um, I'll go with a, another dud, um, and this one's this one goes back to 2013, 2014. Uh, a little company, and I'm going to emphasize little because it's uh, even <laughs> it's even littler now. Um, is a company called Austin Engineering. It's still around. It's called ANG. This is one of those mining services companies, right. and their their area of expertise was in, they 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 did um, they built and uh, uh, truck uh, tray mm-hmm. bodies for for giant mining trucks. 
and the, the buckets that are in the front of the loaders and this kind of okay. stuff. And they had this process that really strengthened that. So the, the value right. proposition to mine owners was like, we'll use ours. So it's an aftermarkets uh, uh, component that you'd add to these trucks, but it will right. last a lot longer. It'll save you on a bunch of maintenance and be much cheaper in the long huh. run. And they actually had some really... Some nice wins there. I mean, you know, the big miners were using their products. Mining was mm, going mm. gangbusters. And as I, we said in the recent episode, you know, mm, I thought mm. that the, the mining services space was the more exciting area there. Um, so I bought some in November 2013 at $3.15. It dropped 30%. Uh, I bought more at $2.19. <laughs> and then uh, a couple months later, I sold out at $1.23. Mm, so you add all of that up. And as I said, the money weighted return on that was a 50% loss. Mm. Uh, uh, over that period, um, and so so what what did I get wrong here? Again, this came back to absolutely the opportunity there, but management were just clearly not executing. Mm. And and mm. for me, the re- the big red light here was, I love it. It's very rare, but I love a frank admission and acknowledgement by management when things aren't going. Yeah, well. right. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of an example because it just doesn't happen <laughs> that often. Yeah, right, um, right, right. And 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 also an ownership of that mistakes and they'll Buffett mm, does this all the time. Mm, it's like I thought this and I was totally wrong and this is what I didn't get and da 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 da. da. We mm, usually mm. what will happen? It's everyone's fault except theirs. You know, this didn't go our way. <laughs> Probably the market if exactly that's right. If yeah, only yeah. this had sort of happened yeah, and the market yeah. doesn't get this and so yeah. um, it, while that was a, a, a painful experience, mm, a fifty mm, losing fifty percent of your money, this was a pretty decent position back in the day for me. Um, so as I sold at a dollar twenty three, let's just check mm. the current price is twelve cents. So I would have lost another ninety percent from that thirty percent or fifty percent loss had mm, I continued mm, to mm. hold. So it's another. <laughs> I'm just. I'm trying to save some ego here. While it was a horrendous trade, <laughs> it it was. I was proud of it now because mm, again, mm. when the thesis was busted and it was unequivocally busted at that point. Mm. Take the loss. Take the loss and walk away because I just would have yeah. – that, that money I put into other things such as Point Terra and, and it's done really well. Had I kept it there or tried to average down or tried to be cute about it, it just would have gone from a bad situation to worse. And so, again, yeah, that's right. just that, that same, same example highlighted again. Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Mate, I'll, I'll get another one of my bad ones. I will finish with a with a winner, but I'll go for another one of the bad ones. I've got you may you made me go back and look at all my positions from effectively when I started investing or soon after. I don't have, I don't have, I have data all the way back, but most most of the way back, I have I had shares for a while in TimberCorp. If you can believe that, remember TimberCorp? I do remember TimberCorp. <laughs> I, uh, I yeah, I, I didn't do very well at TimberCorp. Uh, it was one plantation. of those businesses. Yeah, plantation yeah. timber. Uh, one of those businesses that was largely, and this is, uh, there are exceptions that prove the rule, and there are exceptions that are exceptions, and, and you know, they're, they're everything in between. Oh, there are rules that are rules. Um, this one was basically a, I want to be careful about how I phrase this so I don't get myself in trouble, but the whole idea of the structure of the business was basically a business, in the, a tax loophole in the form of a business. Mm. Right? Mm. So you can invest in timber plantations, you could make a, this massive big tax deduction. And the whole business was structured around that. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Arguably, Macmillan, Shakespeare, and others are, are different versions of the same thing. Not quite the same because you're not investing in the asset themselves, but you're investing in a, in a specific tax law almost um, and making a business out of that. In this case, though, Timbercorp was just 
one of those businesses that I really had no business owning. I didn't particularly, it was one of the, it was an early one I bought because I, I got a tip from, it was someone else in this case. Um, but everyone everyone loved it, everyone bought it. It was, you know, in, in air quotes, obvious why the business was going to make money and do well, except that it was selling largely what was effectively a, a commodity, a farmed commodity, mm. which had all of the all of the risks and all of the challenges you expect from from a commodity business, particularly a farmed commodity. And then when you add the, the tax deduction on top of that, you know, the, 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 even the, the economics of the business were, were three parts tax deduction, two parts real business. Mm. And again, that doesn't make it bad, but if you think about layering risk on top of risk on top of risk and then business quality on top of business quality on top of business quality or lack thereof, it was just a company that, you know, I, I look back and I think, man, even if I'd done well, I had no business owning that business. There was no, there's no sustainable competitive advantage. There was no you know, business growth that was meaningfully potential. It wasn't that the tax benefit was the cherry on top. It was the reason for being effectively for the organization, the structure. Um, and again, you know, it could it, it might have been still a business now. Maybe it could have been worth more now than it was then. But there's just there was just nothing to kind of recommend it. When I look objectively at it after I sold it, you know, licked my wounds and went, oh man, what was I doing there? Um, and so there's no, there's nothing particularly about Timbercorp per se that brings it up as a lesson here. It's almost like everything that's not about Timbercorp per se, almost the point, right? There was, there was nothing about Timbercorp per se that really should lead me to think this is a really good long-term market-beating compound growth story. And yeah. if it's not, then what on earth was I doing owning the shares in a business I just didn't deserve to own? So that's, that's, that's it's not a long one. It's just a really quick, you know, what do you do? Yeah, different, to, different to Credit Corp because that one I could have known. It wasn't the business was bad. I just bought it because I really didn't know what I was doing. In this case, I bought it in theory knowing what I was doing but it just if I had the same opportunity again, you look back at everything I've learned since, like there was, there was no reason, lots of people liked it, but there was no real fundamental reason to own it. You know, there was, wasn't anything great about the company or about the business or about the investment case that really should have had me jumping up and down going, oh man, I need this in my, of all the things I could buy, this is one of the things I really should buy. It was just a, a terrible investment, badly run, just an awful, awful idea. What was and the- what was the Sandalwood Plantation Company um, did that the same Quintus thing? That was Quintus previously called a not ALS, something like that. Oh, it was after after Timbercorp, though. By the way, um, so I had yeah. shares in that one. Yes, and, yes, yes. And I did, actually, well, it wasn't great, but I did okay. But to your point, for all of the wrong reasons, I got lucky yeah. on that. And, yeah. and, and yeah, for all of the reasons that you mentioned, so you just reminded yeah, me, yeah. it could have gone a very different way. <laughs> so it's Quintus uh, and it was called, I'm trying to find what I can't called. believe I, it's not listed here in ShareSite for some reason, but yeah, I definitely <laughs> had some money. For very good reasons. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, well, it's, it, yeah, not, not, uh, not great, not great. Okay, I've got to talk about a winner, um, uh, a really good winner for me. And I remember this, mate, because I was actually sitting <laughs> at your kitchen table at, at the time. <laughs> oh, I bought here this. we go. Here this, we was go. Back, this was back in the day we go. where before working from home was cool. And we, we, <laughs> we'd always sort of work yeah, we, from we home. We made it cool, mate. We made it cool. We, we did. <laughs> I, I used to drive out to your house and we'd, we'd sit around the, we'd sit around the kitchen yeah. table and we'd yeah. just like, you know, get our, get our stuff done. And it was yep. a little company called Prometicus. The ASX ticker yes. is is PME, and uh-huh. um, so uh, I've got to expand it because there's been too many ins and outs here. But it was mm-hmm. eighty six cents uh, on October twenty fourteen that I bought some shares. It's well now worth something like 
48 bucks or 40 something bucks, like 48 that. Bucks yeah. by the, yeah, well it's, it's been such a multi, multi, multi bagger. Um, mm. and also, mm. also one of those ones where, oh, so what they do, they, they, they take the image data from things like uh, mm. CAT scans mm. and, and these kinds of magnetic MRI images, huge data files, by the way. Um, and they, they just have this process where, again, they just they put it uh, on the cloud. It's very easily to transfer this and manipulate and look at the data. And they've just actually become the industry standard. So they've gone from there – was, there was a – what appealed to me about the business was that every now and again, mm-hmm. they, they, it's like with Pointera, right? There's a new way of and a better way of doing something. And you just know that that's – it's like when the internet came along, right? Like this is going to change everything. Um, And and this to me seemed like a business that was was going to do that. What was interesting Mm -hmm. though was back in the day, and they may have been just profitable at that stage, but not very, um, but they were winning some really big notable deals against some really big incumbents. And um, it was founder-led, again, had really attractive economics. It was even, I want to say, paying a dividend at that stage. So the capital management was really, really, really Mm -hmm. prudent. And so it's one of those rare businesses, software businesses, that has grown insanely well, but without having to raise heaps and heaps of shares. Their share count has been super flat for a long time. I don't think they've ever raised. In fact, they've they've been buying back shares rather than issuing new shares. Um, so it's done insanely well. I'd like to tell you that I held on the entire way, but I, <laughs> you know, I sold. I yeah. sold initially. Yeah. I sold some at four fifty. Would you believe? Thankfully, oh, a very small component. I was freeing up some cash for something else. Right, you know, right, make, right. Making excuses at this point, but but it, <laughs> it, 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 it was That's a humble so, brag, mate. You made a fortune still. You're doing all right. Uh, it, 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 so I, I really, I genuinely believe when any any investor, when they look back, you'll find that there's this thing called the rule of five when it comes yeah. to investing. And it's just one of these sort of generalizations, but it says for every five investments you make, one will probably go pretty badly. Three will probably go okay, you know, more or less in line with the market. And you'll have one mm, that just mm, shoots mm. the lights out. Mm. And that tends to be what dominates your returns. So it's, it's yeah, it about- is. It's about identifying that kind of share, which is the first step. But the hardest step is staying with it. You know, if you genuinely think that this is going to be something that becomes an industry standard and goes on to (laughs) to grow at extreme rates, well, then why would you sell um, at at a higher? So, so, so for me, it was partly. I've still got a few, um, uh, more than a few, Um, but (laughs) but but the the the. Uh, valuation was one part of it. One thing we haven't touched on though was the portfolio position sizing. So one Mm, of the mm. bad things that can happen um, when you have a a situation like this is it goes, you you start off with, you know, 5% position. It's 5% of my money Mm, is in mm. this company. And then it goes insanely well. And you wake up one morning and you realize I've got 40% of my portfolio in one stock. So even, (laughs) even, even in situations where you think actually it's not too expensive and I still love the business, there is an argument to be made to sort of say, well, listen, (laughs) Mm. you know, is, is this a prudent portfolio allocation? Like if I blinked into existence today, (laughs) would I put 30, 40% of my money in this one stock? That's right. That's right. Um, So there there was that, that consideration as well. But uh, for the record, I do think it's a bit expensive to, Today, more than a bit expensive, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm on this for the for the duration. Mm. I like it. I like it, mate. So I'm going to finish off with one that is also a big winner for me, partly in percentage terms and partly in dollar terms, but also just it's a long term story. So this is just a a reminder of good investing. Now the company is one you've probably never heard of. It's called Berkshire Hathaway, it's Warren Buffett's company. <laughs> 
Tell um, me more. And we talk, exactly. We talked about big companies and small companies when we did the recent podcast, um, uh, you know, about, about our biases, right? This mm. is one that I bought. I just went back to my, my share site um, little thing I use as well. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. I bought it on 18 separate occasions since 2009, Berkshire Hathaway. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been buying steadily right through that period. I haven't bought any re- re- relatively recently, actually. I've put money elsewhere. But um, what it, the, I wanted to so I wanted to share this. The first is okay, so it's 12 years of buying and holding and buying a bit more, buying a bit more, and holding a bit more, and holding a bit more. It's also a return. I'm just going to share the numbers because they're not extraordinary, which is why I want to share them. I have made an annualized return on Berkshire of 16.5% per annum compared to the market of 7.5% per annum. Mm. Right now, that's that's a mm. that, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good number. Right, it's not not spectacular. It's not going to blow the lights out. But my Berkshire shares have just ticked along nicely in the background, and just add a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Um, not not in a straight line at all. Some sometimes I've been down. In fact, between uh, September nineteen and uh, November twentieth, way should um, I break this up? Um, I'd lost about five or six percent over that sort of eighteen month period. Um, but then it's come back, and so it's been this—it's been this small story or slow story of continued growth and continued compounding. And I just—I wanted to highlight that, mate, because while we're talking about big winners and uh, you know best investments, worst investments, this is not going to be the best in terms of percentages. It might actually be the best in terms of dollars because I've—I have—I have always had a, an overweighting of Berkshire Hathaway, so maybe it is my biggest dollar value gain because mm. it's been you know sixteen percent for twelve years is a, is a pretty good return on a, on a relatively <laughs> sleepy. Yeah. Relatively large, you know. I mean, well, look, you know, the market might have done ten or twelve or whatever. So, you know, it's not, it's not extraordinary. Um, and again, that's why I'm not holding it out as being extraordinary. It's more just that point of letting time do the work for twelve years, adding a little bit every now and again, and yeah. just leaving the bloody thing alone. And so, while it's yeah. not get out of you the know, way, is it is it mm. is it the single biggest percentage winner? Not even close. But compounding over twelve years, um, as you say, yeah, exactly getting getting out of the way, leaving it do its thing. You know, Buffett's lost it. Those headlines have been around all over the joint, and people keep telling me regularly, "Oh, he's lost, he's lost, he's lost it." I just bought shares when they, you know, when I had money or when they looked particularly expensive relative to other things I could buy or whatever else it was, or cheap. Um, yeah. And just yeah, it just it just keep doing the jobs over and over and over again, and it just makes it makes the the difference. Um, to to investing well is just that's why it's a story of a winner. Is is I mean, it's it's a good return. It's a market beating return. So I'm happy. But it's just the just the, the 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 construction, if you like, or the or, or the framework of a winner is often just invest little bits regularly and let the bloody thing do its own thing. I, I, if I don't own these shares when I'm 65, I'll be remarkably surprised. So hopefully, I've got another you know bit of time left to compound that on top of this one already. Um, but it's just a, just a reminder that it doesn't have to be exciting. Doesn't have to be you know breaking down walls or inventing new things. Just a good business and arguably the best investor in the world. So you know it's not just a good business, but a good business with a decent thesis, just left to do its thing. Um, is it boring? Absolutely. Is there exciting announcements out from Berkshire? Almost never. Sometimes yeah. it, it buys something that's exciting for people who, whose company is being bought. But I don't remember the last time there was an exciting Berkshire announcement out. Um, and it just keeps trudging up slowly. Just, just you know, one foot in front of the other. That's Compounding. kind of the story of long-term investing, right? I'm glad, you, I'm glad you mentioned it because, I mean, the, the whole point of this episode is to do the best and the worst. And so... Yep. Um, yeah, but I'm glad you raised that though, because that, they really are something special. And we know through the power of compounding that two or three percentage points, or in your case, four uh, uh, per annum of outperformance, man, that adds up over time. Um, and particularly when you've got a lot of money sort of proportionally in, invested yep. in it, that that's yep. that's the thing. And especially too, 
we were talking before about risk-adjusted returns as opposed to just outright returns. Mm, mm, so that's mm. that's not only a good return that's allowed to compound for a while, but it's one where you've never had to like wake up in a sweat in the middle of the night. Yeah, oh my god, that's right. What exactly. am I doing? You know, whereas exactly, you know, yeah, I can tell right, you with right. uh, Pointer and Prometicus and that there have been some times <laughs> like, holy god, what is this thing doing? <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah, right, um, of course, so of that's really good. I've got to say too, and this is a bit of a shameless plug. I said at the start, no affiliation. <laughs> I I do have an affiliation with Chef. Site. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, um, if you go now to Straw, if you go to Strawman and then go to Blog, one of the first links will they, we, they've got a, a an affiliation program. So you get the first four months free <laughs> if you want to use it. I'd, I'd be in trouble yeah, if I didn't mention go. that. So, anyway, no, you should. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate. I, sh- it. I, I should. If 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 you want to use it there, you'll get you'll get a, you'll get a cheaper price through us, and it helps support Strawman too. So that's really cool. Um, go. go and do that. I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a little bit cheeky here, and I'm going to go talk on. about one of my worst performers. Um, there's a few in this basket actually, but the <laughs> the example I'm going to go with is Zero, one of my worst performers. Okay. So okay. with Zero, I actually bought it in August of 2015 at fourteen dollars forty, um, and I sold it uh, a couple of years later at seventeen bucks. So I made twenty percent or so. Uh, t- to be fair, there was a few buys and sells in there, but on average, it's twenty percent compound money weighted per annum return. That is that is an excellent, excellent return. Um, why is it one of my worst uh, investments? Well, it's it's one of my worst trades, and I've, I'm embarrassed to admit that I've done this more often than I than I should have. Where I've 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 made an invest a trade decision based on the fact that I've got a good profit there. And it's one of these stupid asinine sayings you hear all the time on the markets. You never go broke taking a profit. And I, I got to tell you, in, at the time, I thought, what a genius am I? I've made, I've made this savvy investment. I've just locked in an easy, quote unquote, easy 20%. Wow, look, aren't I a genius? Now, I sold those shares at $17. That company, oh, as anyone no. will yeah. know, is now <laughs> trading at $130, right? What that's, a dumb, dumb thing to do. That's um, all right. It, it, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, well, that's that's it, a Domino's example. It's exactly my Domino's story for sure. It, it's 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 the, it's the it's the opportunity cost, um, and and I said I've done this multiple times. I did this with CSL. I did this with Cochlear. Some really comfortable, incredibly wonderful quality companies that that I should have been happy just to keep in the bottom tra- drawer for decades. I took I took what I thought was the easy money, and what did I do? All I did was just leave huge amounts of, of money on the table because I made this stupid decision to quote unquote lock in a profit. So it's a, it's a huge regret uh, of mine. Even though, even though uh, I like when I look at ShareSite, there's a there's a lovely little uh, return through that. So there's there is that. But but um, what else can I talk about? Oh, uh, one other example I'll I'll give in terms of a winner uh, just quickly is is Catapult. And this hasn't been my best return, um, but uh, my first investment in this one was actually back mm. in 2015 at about 60 cents, and the price now is nice. about two dollars. So it, it sounds really, it's well, it, yeah, it sounds really good. Bring up the chart and then have a look <laughs> at it, right? So right. I, I bought for all the right reasons, and then I've actually, I, I'm not a trader. I really rarely go mm, in and out, mm, mm. but. But it's it's it, these guys haven't. You'll see all my stuff on Strawman talking about this. But it's just they haven't executed well. They're, they've really seemed okay. to have hit their straps recently. But 
Okay. But th- th- there was a, the, all a whole bunch of terrible execution problems along the way. So um, mm-hmm. I, I did I did sell out a, a, at a point because it wasn't working that well, and then and then it went all the way down to seventy cents, and thought, well, <laughs> this is too cheap, and I and I bought some more. But right, it's one. Right, it's right. actually one of those you know forty percent compound return since twenty fifteen. People, all my mates give me so much crap about Catapult because a lot of them hate it. <laughs> not, it's not an unfair characterization. But it's also, it's also I, I guess the, the lesson I want to draw out here is that um, mm-hmm. you can have companies that don't execute in the manner in which you think is, is correct mm-hmm. or appropriate or is, is the way that you would like. And there can be objectively bad news out there. But this is a good mm-hmm. example of a company that just got really silly. It got to $4 at one point. It's like, well, I like it, but geez, that's, that, mm-hmm. that is, this is not a CSL or a, or a mm-hmm. zero mm-hmm. problem. This is just like, this made no sense at $4. But then by the same token, it made no sense at 70 cents either. It was like, yeah, I know yeah. they've got their troubles, but this is top line's <laughs> growing at 20%. They're the dominant player in a very far, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I've actually gone from 70 cents or thereabouts to $2 three times <laughs> on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a, I, I think the, the lesson here is when you get to know a company very, very well, even though things aren't perfect for it, you, you can mm-hmm. spot value and opportunity in that. And it was ne- none of these purchases were made with an intention to trade. I hate, I hate, that, uh, that that idea mm-hmm. um, but it was just saying objectively I think this is cheap I'll buy some more objectively I think this is expensive and in both cases after I sold it went up <laughs> and after I bought it went down but uh, I, I think <laughs> I, I I do I do hold it out there as one of the more proud investments that mm-hmm. they're in my that in my share site um, sort of summary here because it was it, I, I didn't listen uh, to to all the negativity that was around and was able to sort of I think look at it reasonably objectively and it's you know 40% mm-hmm. per annum over five years ain't too bad that's a very good result mate you should be very happy with that yeah pretty happy <laughs> so there you go mate that's a, that's a nice Cook's tour through some of our best and worst performers I think um any any kind of if you I mean we've gone through bit by bit by bit if if you were to summarize any lessons from it maybe around it maybe all over it whatever um, is there any specific kind of are there lessons are there themes are there things you want to draw out and say here's what you should take from this or here's what's on my mind as a result of the conversation yeah it might be covering some ground that we covered but I, I think yeah. it, it is absolutely fundamental to to remain objective and just to be honest with yourself where we, we buy shares for a variety of reasons. And I've always talked about journaling your ideas and your thought mm-hmm. process, but, but, you know, recognize when you've don't beat yourself up as an investor, when you, when you, when you make a mistake, because it's just, it's inevitable. I guarantee you, you're going to make <laughs> lots of mistakes. And even yeah. someone who's been doing it for 30 years is going to continue to make lots of mis- mistakes. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a bug. It's a feature uh, to use that, <laughs> yeah, that well hackneyed right. phase. So, yeah, and I see yeah. too many people when I just yeah. speaking to people, they go, oh, bloody shit, I did this. And it's like, dude, that's normal. Don't worry about that again. So focus mm-hmm. on the whole, focus on the portfolio. That's, that's what yeah. really matters. Don't be afraid. Don't, don't be too upset with yourself when you make a, a mistake. The real mistake is doubling down on a mistake. That is the mistake that you need to beat yourself <laughs> yeah, up over. Right. You know, yeah, um, right. but, but, if, but if, you've, if you've had like me, you've had Austin Engineering, these other ones, and they just mm-hmm. went mm-hmm. terribly, uh, you sold yep. out. I, as I say, I'm really proud of those, not the buys, but I'm really proud of the sells <laughs> there because yeah, it, yeah. It, yep. it shows yep. a good process. So that, that's the real thing that I would want to emphasize here is that you're you're going to make mistakes. Just don't compound them by, by making a bad situation worse. 
I like that a lot. I think it's really, really smart uh, advice. I, look, for me, I think the, the key lessons are probably just, just kind of the it's the old Charlie Munger quote don't interrupt compounding unintentionally or unnecessarily sorry mm, yeah. and it's just that idea of like just and, and it doesn't have to be in the same company even necessarily but if you can find a business you can leave alone and let compound almost almost just let it do its own thing mm. um, you mentioned the gains coming in years two and three I think that's probably right from Lynch the other thing I would say by the way though is if you, if you can still own it and still be worth owning in six or seven years yeah. the dollar value of those gains are going to dwarf everything before it because of the way compounding works right if you can make a, a 10% yeah. gain per year over 10 years the, the dollar value of the last year of compounding is probably going to dwarf the capital investment let alone the, you know let, let alone the, the returns you made on the way through right it becomes so big um, not, not, it won't be larger than the, the initial investment, but you know the running yield will be so much larger. And so if you can just just leave well enough alone, that's that's a good one. I think um, just also being mindful of kind of something we talked about last time, which was you know if you I mean I didn't mention the, I've mentioned Domino's so many times, it's not worth it, right? But Domino's is still the largest mistake I've ever made. So back to the beginning, the worst investment mistake, the worst investment ever was selling Domino's because it's gone on to basically ten bag from my sale price mm, right so yeah. i made money i made a profit selling hey, i'm a genius um that i could have, so I could have lost painful. everything on nine other stocks mm. and still been ahead if i'd hold those domino shares right so that's that's a huge 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 difference and just one that's worth worth drawing out again not not interrupting compounding necessarily and, and just kind of sticking with what you've got so I, those are the, those I, are the mistakes I, that I definitely regret more than more than the yeah. losers. That they're well, the ones that they, I beat they actually make up, up for it. That's yeah, yeah. that because that, that's the that's the ones they hurt. They literally financially and emotionally hurt more mm. by definition because you can't lose more than one hundred percent. And so you know, I would almost uh, there were some numbers done in the Motley Fool in the US years and years ago. Well, maybe five six years ago now um, on their stock advisor service, saying that they would have a better result if they would never ever sold a share. And I mm. that that's the other reason I talk about being slow to sell. One of the reasons why is because, you know, there's a very good chance that just honestly restricting myself, tying my own hands behind my back and saying, if I cannot sell, I probably think I'll be better off because if I hadn't sold the dominoes or by the way, if I'd, if I'd, and but the other advantage of the dominoes mistake was, might I have sold corporate travel last year if I'd never sold dominoes? If I'd never had the, the experience of something coming back? So again, the value, the, the mistakes that can be valuable uh, for me, it's just, 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 just probably, you know, generally speaking, trade less if you can. It's probably oh, yeah. the, the the experience of all of my, you know, if I bought less, if I'd sold less, uh, I dare say I'd be in a, in a better financial position now. So then maybe that's the big un, under under kind of pinning lesson of both the winners and the losers is just actually not, not doing something. Um, it's been more valuable to me than actually doing something in the first place. My my broker would not be upset at all if I left. <laughs> Um, I, I'm not a great client, you know. I, I mean, I, I, I live and breathe the yeah, share market, yeah. as everyone yeah, knows. Yeah. But I, I probably make ten trades a year, if that, maybe yeah, five yeah. in some years. I just yeah. mo- most most of investing is is waiting, <laughs> um, and I think I think that again, it's it's a bit of an edge that if if you can yeah. do that, the, the the person who's in and out a hundred times a day is just oh man, that is that is really making things hard for you. Uh, one closing yeah, thought I also wanted to yes. To, to, to make here was that I think um, as fun as it has been to sort of do a few victory laps on, on, <laughs> on some things, there have yep. been some investments that I did really well on, but for the wrong reasons. So the right, share price okay. worked really well. You know, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, look. Yeah. but 
it didn't, you know, there's some stocks that I bought, they got a takeover offer a month later yeah. or something like, oh, yeah, yeah. right, right. right. That, that was never I'll part of it, my, that was never part of my thesis. <laughs> sometimes you just get yeah, lucky, yeah. you know, and yeah. so you, you, there's that. And there's also, you're not, I, this might have been a Charlie Munger quote as well. It's you're not right mm-hmm. because the market agrees with you. You're, you're right because your your analysis and your yeah. reasoning was was correct. I remember Ben Graham, I think, but I think it's a great quote. Oh, isn't yeah, it? yeah, maybe it was. Um, uh, but it, it's, it's, that's the thing that, that really, really matters here. So you, you, mm. you, if if, if you're um, to, to do well on an investment mm-hmm. is nice, but to do well on an investment because you saw something that others mm. didn't see and you had the patience to see it through, that is the most satisfying thing in the world, yeah, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Like that, that is, and it also te- it, it reinforces the right lessons. It teaches you the right lessons. Um, and it it it, give, it helps strengthen that muscle, that investing muscle that you can mm. flex again and again and yep. again and yep. again. And again, you're not going to get yeah, it right, right all the time, yeah. but you do. Yeah, you exactly. learn from that yeah. experience, and you get to understand yeah, right. the things that really matter o- over time. And 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 I've said this before on the podcast. Like when you read the financial review or you tune into any of the financial channels that are out there, mm-hmm. and 90% of the crap they talk about is just, just irrelevant. It's like totally <laughs> useless. And, and right. you know, it, it's, it's very, yeah. a lot of jargon heavy, very smart sounding, very smart people, very big, yeah. powerful yeah. institutions. Yeah. It's just like, I just could not care less about talking about this mm-hmm. stuff, you know, because it's just, it, it, it is all about, What's happening this week? And what a great week for iron ore! And this happened today. And it's like, what, what the, what the bloody hell has that got to do with the future cash flow generation capacity of this business? Exactly. And again, again, exactly. if you can be the person who who focuses on the thing that matters, you'll you'll mm. you'll again have a huge edge. Yeah, I like it. That is a great way to finish the podcast. Man, this has been a fun episode. I'm reflecting on some some good, some some bad. We'll uh, we'll not try so and do good. more of the. Well, yeah, trying to do more of the former and less of the latter. But that, as you say, is is investing 101, right? It just, it just comes with the territory. I yeah. guarantee you that the, both of us are going to make many, many more mistakes between now when we finish our investing journey, not because oh, we sure. um, want to, because we think it's a great idea, because we, you know, whatever. But that's, as you say, it's part of the journey of success is actually making some mistakes along the way. And that's just, that's just the way it goes, right? You you miss tackles in when you win the grand final. And that's, a, that's an important reminder, I think, to, to all investors. And hopefully, if nothing else, we've, our, our wins have been motivational. And hopefully our losses have been instructional. And if we can help you kick a few more winners and maybe, maybe a couple less losers, that's probably a, a net benefit with a bit of luck if, we, if we're doing our jobs well. So nice thank you very see. much uh, to, to everyone for listening through this episode. We're back, well, not live, but we're back in real time next week, mate, which is exciting. But before we do, we have got one more mailbag up our sleeve. So make sure you tune in this Sunday when we go to our mailbag episode and... Make sure you send us your thoughts, feedback, questions, and comments because we're going to need them after being away for three weeks. Hit us up. So the usual suspects, let's go in reverse. Info at fool.com.au is the email address. If you want your question answered, we'll go to our member services team and they'll flick it to us. Um, you can also jump on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Motley Fool Australia or facebook.com slash Scott Phillips Money. You can find us there. If you're on Instagram and Twitter, jump onto The Motley Fool AU or TMF Scott P. And of course, if you want Andrew, he's exclusive to Twitter, uh, at <laughs> Sage underscore Simeon or at Strawman Invest. Mate, thank you for the chat. Had lots and lots and lots of fun. So thank you for doing that. Pleasure, um, always I'm looking fun. looking forward to, yeah, it was. I'm looking forward to being back with you live this time next week. In the meantime, full on. See you later. 
The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.